Rise and shine, baseball fans! It's time once again for a fresh dose of Major League Baseball analysis with the newest community in the game. Bringing together fans from all around the world from their broadcast headquarters in beautiful Southern California, it's Kenny. If what happened this week is any indication, I think we are in for one of the most wild and extravagant off-seasons maybe in baseball history. It's Nika. And you can see his impact already on the younger generations of kids. They all say, I want to be like Shohei. I want to do two-way baseball the way Shohei does. This is the Kanika Baseball Podcast. All right. Yes, indeed, it is once again time for the Kanika Baseball Podcast. It is March 1st. I am your host, Kenny, and I am joined once again, as always, by my lovely co-host, Nika. Good morning, Nika. Hello, everybody. Hello, Kenny. How are you this morning? Well, you know, uh, I'm doing good. It's March, as I said. It is looking a little bit more like spring out there every single day. You know, Southern California is a really interesting place to experience winter, especially if you're from a uh, a humid climate or or someplace that gets winter weather, mm-hmm. because winter weather brings humidity. Sure. And whether you realize it or not, the humidity does trap in some heat. So a 30 degree day in Chicago, for example, that is covered with clouds could feel theoretically warmer than like a 50 degree, 45 degree morning here in Southern California. And the reason for that is quite simple is because uh, there is not a lot of humidity and the air is more extreme. So when, when the light goes out, the, the temperature drops significantly. If, if you're aware of like how the desert operates, that's what we're looking at here. The difference in temperature between shady area and a sunny area is around 20 degrees sometimes. It can be, yeah. And so it messes with me, particularly in the morning. Like, I'll be like, ooh, it's chilly. And that's from someone that's from, like, the Midwest and walked to work in negative 30-degree wind chills and stuff. And and then you look at the weather and it says 50 degrees. It's like, oh, damn. Yeah, but it, it's true. And then, you know, later, though, when the sun comes out and it's 70 degrees, feels hot. it feels like 90 or 85 and gorgeous. So it, it works both ways in both extremes. And we'll be looking forward to that sun coming out later. And we'll be looking forward to, as we move towards summer and get into the baseball season this year, I I hope everyone's had a little bit of a better baseball week than you and I have had because we woke up Wednesday morning and tried to put baseball on and we found that we had been given the boot. Come on, man. I'm not trying to scam anybody here. Uh, You know. Rejected. Rejected. From LBTV. So a quick Google reconnaissance mission yielded the, uh, I think, error or or the result of the problem on our end, which was that it appears that the T-Mobile MLB TV subscription that is offered for free to all T-Mobile subscribers expires on the uh, end of February. But we have a leap year, so we got double... We did get hosed out of a day. This just tells me that some computer, it's just this date is hard-coded a long time ago. Well, our subscription, nevertheless, is over. And it so is to renew it, needing basically. to be renewed. The, the funny thing is, so on the day that this happened, I also noticed that I got an email from T-Mobile as a, as a member or as a, a customer of theirs saying, like, MLTV is back. 
and you have to opt in from March 26th to April 2nd this year to get free MLB TV for the entire season. So basically, we don't have spring training games on. We yeah. only get the free game of the day. Of I really want to look carefully when I opt in this year mm-hmm. and read all the fine print on the page and see if there's anything that mentions like deal ends on like February 28th, 2025 or something like that. The fine um, print. Yeah. I'm guessing that there is some language like that in there. And that's why our TV ended. But we, we are shit out of luck because we got no more spring training games that we can physically watch anymore. And, and we were disappointed by that because, you know, we, we had baseball on already in the house in the background while we work and while we get things done. So we're kind of sad that we don't have that for the month of March. We, we can still catch up on the games later by watching the highlights or YouTube or whatever it's available but yes we don't have current games unless it's a free game of the day yeah so there's a couple free games every day so there's that uh it's always helpful to check and see who's who's playing and then yeah there's a lot of content still on the app that is helpful to us because it gets us caught up on like what the establishment heads are talking about and it lets us see some of the spring highlights how how players are doing like yesterday we got to see pirates starting pitcher Paul Skeens, you know, uh, make his spring training debut. Last year's number one overall draft pick for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So he was the, of course, pitcher in the College World Series for LSU, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Louisiana State, the Tigers. And like I said, the aforementioned uh, number one overall pick last year in the July draft. And we, we'll be talking about the draft a little bit later with regards to starting pitching because uh, it may be playing a factor in some of the Boris free agency vacancies, I guess, that are still out there. There's few clients left unassigned. Very few. Um, but we wanted to kick off and start this week's episode with uh, what we're calling the Grand Baseball Experiment. Come on, man, I've just been doing a little experimentation type thing. The Dodgers and Otani. It's really what we're talking about here is the Dodgers and this team that they have been able to just, I guess, Frankenstein together in the offseason. The Dodgers, I think, are an interesting team because they have a huge weight on their shoulders when it comes to their playoff performance the last few years. They do. They got ousted by the Padres and the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. who are both in their division. And yet they outplayed the hell out of both of those teams in the regular season. And I'm not taking anything away from the 2022 Padres or the 2023 Diamondbacks, both very good teams. But when you look at the talent on the roster with the Dodgers, the Dodgers should have walked away winners in those both of those series, probably. Yeah, you're right. So... I just want to kind of paint the picture of where the Dodgers were coming from. I feel like they were just like, enough. Enough is enough. We need to get more. (laughs) And I feel like they've also just had their eye on Otani for a long time. They do, but when you look at the makeup of their team right now, a lot of the guys that are on the roster are older and experienced. They Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of young talent. Obviously, they gave up their own farm to get Otani. I'm looking at their age as a team, there's maybe a few players that are under 30. Mm-hmm. Everybody is above 30. How old is Tyler Glass now, now, by the way? 30. Yeah, already. You know, you don't think of him as being 30 years old. And, 30 and it's years like old. The, the thing I think you got to be concerned about if you're a Dodgers fan and, and where all of this ends up down the road is 
what happens when Tyler Glasnow is 34 or 35? And what happens when, you know, Freddie Freeman is 36, 37? What happens when Mookie Betts is 36, 37? Freddie Freeman is 34. The youngest player on that team right now is Yamamoto, 25. That's on the roster. And, and he is in a different place because he's just buddy buddies with Otani, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like friends reunited. Otani's had an interesting week in and of his own, right? So we might as well just jump right into that. But on Tuesday, he made his spring training Dodgers debut, basically. His first appearance as a hitter in Dodgers unis in front of real people in in a game that people paid to watch. And what did he do? He didn't disappoint. He home-runned. Yep. Man. Man is a beast. Wow. It, It really put the whole grand experiment into perspective for me. And Yamamoto came out Wednesday and followed it up with his Dodgers debut in this spring training. Two innings pitched, one hit, and three strikeouts. Virtually a flawless two innings to start his major league career. I mean, nobody should be surprised. This guy's pitched in the World Baseball Classic. He's pitched on the grand stage, uh, at least in his mind. So these games are probably nothing to him mentally. And he's got a buddy... You know, Tani, so his transition from Japan to L.A., it will be a lot easier versus somebody mm-hmm. that come into a team without any uh, support system. Yeah, you know, like, I, I don't know how modern spring training works anymore, but, like, back in the 90s and 80s and stuff, you would have a bunk mate. You would all be sleeping in a place together. Like, the place you showed up to work is, like, where you lived for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you went and played other teams, but, like, it was, it's literally like you eat, breathe, and sleep baseball, and, and that's why you get paid millions of dollars to do it. I don't know how the modern game works. I, I would imagine they probably all have their own rooms now at this point and privacy rules and, like, sexuality. There's got to be gay players in major leagues and stuff. I, I just feel like it's over time it's had to have gotten more private. Perhaps their translators are bunkmates. They live in a, some kind of a village or a hotel, correct? Or they, they just get their yeah, own Airbnb. I think that's a great way to put it. It's like, you know, imagine the Olympic Village. Like, uh-huh. the athletes live there, right? Yeah. During the Olympics. And and they show up a few weeks ahead of time to train or, or to get the lay of the land and the tracks that they're doing or whatever. But I would imagine this is very similar to okay. that. Where you're eating, breathing, and sleeping the baseball. game of baseball. And you're basically living amongst your teammates. Unless, of course, you're one of Scott Boris's remaining vacant clients with your teammates yet. I'm just going to keep jabbing the needle in until uh, maybe somebody hears us. Otani was not done this week. No, he Um, hasn't been done. Yeah, yesterday news broke in the morning that he had been married. One of the most eligible bachelors in the world. He got recently married. Off the market again. Double whammy offseason for Otani. Off both markets. He's a Dodger for life. And, well, we don't really know who he's married to, do we? We don't. He's very private. And the name of his wife hasn't been revealed. It may come out today. Yes. We want to preface this that, like, there is some kind of announcement coming out later that we read this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, he said that he will have a bigger announcement this Friday. Whatever the announcement might be, we don't know. Well, as of 7.30 a.m. Pacific time on Friday, March 1st, we don't know who No breaking is. news. And so this kind of led me to want to just take a moment and talk about one of the things that Otani has in life that I'm envious of even, which is privacy. It's amazing to me how he's been able to kind of circumvent, I think, even the expectations of our own media and how he gives access to himself. I agree with that. When you look at our media... 
it's reactionary and instantaneous. Right away, you got to be front and center. If something major happens in your life, their cameras are right in your face. In Japan, maybe it's similar, but the way Altani approaches it, we don't know anything about the man, really. Yeah, he, more than anyone I've seen in recent memory, has controlled his own narrative, really, you know? And now he looks like, at least in the eyes of Dodger fans, and, and I'm sure in the eyes of some baseball fans, he's like this selfless guy who deferred all this money so that he could win so he has this like golden grand image of himself and he just drips all this little information out to make himself look amazing there's a story i remember from his rookie or or a couple years ago uh that he got lost on the train and missed a start you know like look this up it's just funny and hilarious to me that the most powerful man probably in baseball now because this was before that first mvp season the first mvp that he won and now he's a two-time mvp so this was when he was with the angels and he was commuting on the train to the commuting stadium. on the train to his games think about that Otani on the a major league player on our major league roster taking public transportation to work it's a societal thing for him it probably just felt normal yeah yet here it's like oh no no Gosh, you need to have a private chauffeur. I'm sure they got him one after he missed his start, but that's then. This yeah. is now. He's in the Cadillac of minivans or whatever. He's He's got a... Different approach, I'm sure. I'm Thanks. sure. But the point is, he's coming to his own, I think, as an adult and as a player now. And, and he's crafted that identity and that image very, very carefully with just a few select friends and family around him. And I'm envious, and I think a lot of athletes are probably envious of how he has circumnavigated, I guess, expectations and has so much privacy. He does have a lot of privacy, but he does also interact with the fans. During the spring training on Wednesday, he did go to the fans, sign some balls, sign some autographs, whatnot. He's not hiding in some caves. Yeah, it's a busy job, you know? It, it doesn't stop. When you get off the game and go on the when you get off the field every day, you know, like it, it, it requires time with fans and then you have to make time for family and all those things, especially in these times, you know, so it's crazy. There's a squirrel out there. We have some squirrels that are addicted to oranges. At least one of them is. We don't know if he's taking them and burying them somewhere, but like, dude, it's, it's not going to be winter anytime soon. So... I think you're good. I don't think the squirrel has a concept of time. I think we spent enough time on this, but uh, all of this Dodgers spring training performance so far, they just look like they're on a mission to win and win right now. You brought up the age of the players, like they're mature. I, I see Freddie Freeman hitting home runs. I see Otani hitting home runs. I see Mookie Betts hitting the ball. They just look ready to play. And on the other side, I'm not really seeing that yet with the Padres. I know it's early and there's no reason to hit the panic button. It just turned March 1st. But when you look at how they've opened, you know, it, it may not last. Otani may struggle for the rest of the sure. month. It, it could happen. It just doesn't look like that's what's happening. Having said all that, we do follow the Padres. Oh, I think the good fry is taking us far enough. Well done, fry. Thank you, Lord, for teaching me humility. Because we enjoy their team we we had enjoyed their team so much in 2020 2021 2022 fighting against this mighty dodgers team and then last year when they decided to put all their chips in the middle and go for it all they laid an absolute egg and played some of the most uninspired baseball i think you and i have seen in the past like since we started following baseball closely together yeah and now 
they have their manager gone and that leads me to believe that his heart was never really in the job because he explicitly said he was drafted by the Giants or came up with the Giants, uh, Bob Meldman, we're talking about. So you never really know, but he kind of said, like, this is a job that he always wanted when he got hired by the Giants. And it just makes you wonder, was his heart really ever in the Padres job the way the Padres players and, and fans probably deserve? I don't think we ever going to find out. I'm not saying he didn't want to win. I'm just saying there's a difference between like showing up to work every day and a difference between having passion for your job. There's yeah. a difference. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. if he was doing the former, then it just makes you wonder like were all the decisions coming from the heart or were they coming from the head or were they coming from a com you know, it just He was going through the motions. Yeah, ones. you're you're spot on with that. Going through the motions. Yeah. I feel like this whole situation and and having seen what I've seen so far this spring I feel like the Padres need to find their heart again as a team. They do. They need to find that spark. They don't have a spark to get the team motivated on the mm -hmm. field and trying to win as much as they can. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? They are competing with the Dodgers. Yeah. That's a tall order. Yeah. I think... What happened with Fernando affected him a lot more than we think as a... Young player. And and just as his fun. I think he does a lot of it for show still. And, like, we saw the dancing and, like, the outfield last year and stuff. But I, I just don't feel like he carries himself with the same swagger that he had before the suspension. You know, where he was, I think, looked at as one of the best players in baseball at such a young age. And now we've seen him dr drop into, like, that that 20s 30s at least when the MLB puts their lists of like top players out a lot of people think he's a dark horse for MVP this year because of Acuna he was hurt the year before last year and coming off an injury and then he needed that one year in between to recover and get his his body back I guess his legs underneath him because he had a knee injury and I think people are looking at Tatis in a similar way whereas like last year was the first year back by the way, he missed a whole year because he like broke his wrist and then got suspended for PEDs. So when you miss like that much time as a young player, like think about like getting like no reps at your job for a whole year, you're you're gonna be behind. Yes, you it will definitely affect your uh, mental state and your physical ability to hit the ball. It's a twofold. And I sure. I have to say I think the Padres' heart lies at the center of Fernando Tatis, and he definitely they will roll as he rolls this year. And if he has that dark horse MVP season, then they could be a dark horse team. I really do believe that. There's still a lot of talent on the team, but that talent needs to come together as a team. And hopefully new management and some players like Blake Schnell that we don't feel were totally team players being gone will actually help. I, I'd rather have a 30-year-old pitcher that isn't very good fighting with his team though and being like I'm gonna get a grounder here just field it cleanly and we'll get out of it you know like versus a guy that's like I gotta strike this guy out or I can't throw this guy anything to hit just in case it's like I hate pitching from a place of fear and I felt like Schnell was doing that a lot because he didn't want his own stats to get hurt or he didn't want to give up a homer well so far he's giving up to be a sign by a lot of teams yeah I think this is a good place to kind of end this conversation a little bit but we we mentioned it at the onset and Boris is well he's basically one for five now uh or, or two for six we had Jorge Soler and Cody Bellinger now come off the board JD Martinez remains as a DH uh there was rumors that he was going to go to the Mets he's probably in the similar situation every dollar they spend on him 
is doubled because of the luxury tax. Yeah. So it, it doesn't make sense. The Yankees don't make sense. So his options are limited. And it just makes me wonder where anyone is going to find that money for these guys. I think Blake Schnell is going to be a giant or an angel. I think that's what's going to happen. I think Jordan Montgomery is going to be a Red Sox a Cubs, or a Giant. Really? You think Jordan Montgomery can go to the Cubs? I think it's a dark horse possibility. I feel like now that they got Bellinger, they could double down and say, like, let's strengthen up our pitching, our starting pitching. Hmm. Let's sting the Cardinals with one of their former pitchers for a change instead of being the ones stung, you know? Okay. Like, let's let's haunt the Cardinals for a couple of years with some, some Jordan Montgomery starts. I don't know. I'm always into rubbing into the Redbirds. I know you are. Snell, I do see going to the Giants because of the Melvin connections. Yeah. Giants will just have to give up their draft pick. Yeah. I think if Schnell doesn't go to the Giants, ultimately, it'll be very telling about what Bob Melvin really thinks of Blake Schnell, won't it? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out, honestly. It will. Because Giants do need pitching. They've been talking. They want any player that's available to. Now that the calendar has turned to March, I I would expect some of these dominoes to fall pretty quickly here, unless Boris is really intent on the stare down continuing. But the one thing I wanted to point out is news about Cody Bellinger's deal broke. I believe over the weekend, mm-hmm. and and we did a, a episode on Monday because of it. But Cody Bellinger, as of Friday, has not played in a spring training game yet, and it just shows you that like these things take time. Like even when a deal gets done and inked, it's not like the player just goes and shows up and plays on the field the next day. It has to be cleared. He has to be cleared. He has to have a physical, and then he's coming off off season. And yeah, he's been taking reps on his own, but there's nothing like being with your teammates on the field doing it. And you got to ease in. You got to maybe meet some new faces. It's an interesting situation with the Cubs, as we talked about. They have so many good young players. I saw Michael Bush must finally be unhurt, by the way, because he's got five at bats in the spring now, and he's two for five. So he's batting 400 already, and his OPS, you guessed it, is 900 on the dot. And we talked about how he hit 900 OPS in AA, 900 OPS in AAA, and like he's 26 years old. He's a little bit older of a of a guy. He could have a veteran presence. He's listed as a third baseman still. I know Morell is competing for that job, and Morell is on fire too, but the Cubs have options, and that's the point. Pete Crow is hitting the ball in spring training right now, so let's not stunt the growth of these guys just because Cody's here and let's get creative and get the best matchups on the field every day and as long as everyone is on board with that from a player perspective then I think you're going to get a lot out of them I think they're going to buy into it embrace that and and the Cubs could be dangerous this year that would be great that would be really great to see the Cubs owning that division I would love to see Cubs Dodgers in an NLCS this year Mm. and I would love to see Council versus Roberts because Roberts, if he loses that series, he's done in L.A. If you lose three times in a row, like when you're supposed to win in the playoffs, strike three, baby, you're out. Yeah. I'm surprised he is still there. Well, he bought himself a a reprieve with that COVID ring because the Dodgers won the ring in the COVID season. Short season, different stuff, but yeah. All right. Well, any any predictions for where these guys are going to land? Do you think we're going to see them sign in the next week? Do you think by the next time, I, I, we're going to try and do a show again Monday, right? Yeah. 
So we're going to try and do two shows a week, Monday, Friday. But do you think anyone will sign before Monday? I don't know about Monday. If anything, I will say Matt Chapman and Snell might go to the Giants because of Melvin Connection. Chapman was managed by Melvin when he played for Oakland Mm. Athletics, and he is from California. Mm. So that kind of plays into it nicely. As far as Blake Snell, 50-50 on that one. Well, there are some cracks in the armor. I, I saw on Facebook, I don't know if it was this morning or last night now, but I saw that Snell is rumored to be open to taking a shorter deal than initially and a lot of the comments were kind of like yeah no shit isn't that like how everyone would feel at this point because from a player's perspective i think they don't want the average yearly salary to go down so i think in in light of like teams not wanting to go the length on schnell i think six to nine years yeah i wouldn't take that either but maybe three years and with a little bit higher than he was looking for and you have to give up your draft pick yeah, this is this is a little bit of a conundrum I think a lot of teams are finding themselves in. Like the Yankees and Mets, for example, if they pay Chanel $30 million a year, they will actually be charged double. And and then also they have to give up a draft pick. And I, I forget why, but I think it's because of Chanel's free agent status that he was... The only team that doesn't have to give up the draft pick is San Diego Padres because the last team he was on. Every other team will have to give up at least one draft pick for him. Well, we see where their interest is at. I take the younger kid over the older one. You can always yeah. train him better, coach him. Well, I think Blake Schnell's going to stay out west, and and whether that's Seattle, San Francisco, or my prediction, the Los Angeles Angels, and that's going to be their response to Mike Trout. If even if Trout, there are no Trout. What can you mean, no Trout? They are Trout, many Trout basically putting them on on the line and saying I, i'm i'm gonna tough it out with you guys and risk it all i guess yeah, it's a job security i love how i give mike trout a southern accent <laughs> even though he's from new jersey all right well that's gonna wrap up this episode of the kanika baseball podcast but it has been a lot of fun getting into some of these topics and and otani's privacy and his marriage now he's really setting himself up i think he's moved some things off of his plate if you will he's married now he's on a team long term and he's got a deal that he likes or, or at least a contract that he feels is like revolutionary in a sense. So he's got his deal. He's got his wife. He's got his life. You know, now he just has to go out and play baseball and fix his arm. He's definitely not going to pitch this season. He's However, not. DH and hitting bombs, that's what he will do. Well, we'll be watching not in spring training, though. Thanks, MLB. But we will be watching when the season starts, and we will be right here keeping tabs on all of it on the Kanika Baseball. Thank you once again for joining us. If you want to reach out or talk to us at all, please feel free to reach us at kanikabaseball at gmail.com. Yes, you heard that right. That email address is finally working. It is finally online. Please send us your thoughts. Send us your comments. We might read them on the podcast. But we'll always do it like... Ken C from California. Your your identity, yes. just like Otani would want. No, perfect. In fact, we have a comment from an S Otani right now in Southern California. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh, nice. Can't be too many of those out there. Probably not. Shohai O is contacting us from Southern California. No, that would be the day. I I might faint if that happens. Okay. So this podcast is sponsored by our lifestyle podcast. <laughs> True. The Kanika Baseball Podcast is brought to you by the Kanika Lifestyle Podcast. If you're having trouble 
trouble changing your relationship with food for the better, then this might be the podcast for you. Please tune in to the Kanika Lifestyle Podcast. You can find it just by searching for Kanika Lifestyle in Spotify or on Apple or your podcasting platform of choice. Thank you very much. Wow, what a great ad. All right, I'm getting out of here. Nothing like a shameless plug on a Friday right before you leave your audience. Take care out there, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.